2: Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now is a man who's got a massive brain.
3: Mike Florio.
0: He used to be a lawyer, then he decided to take his talents to the internet.
3: NBC Sports. I'm sorry I'm late, I was talking to Robert Kraft. Pro Football Talk. I wouldn't listen to some of those people out there, especially guys like Mike Florio. Mike Florio with Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi on
1: Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. What a time to be alive and observing the NFL. My Goodness, we never saw this coming. Mike Florio is in the middle of everything right now as the creator and editor-in-chief of Pro Football Talk at Pro Football Talk on Twitter and with us on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline, twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 Seven. the score. Mike, how are you?
3: I'm doing great, and I'm happy to announce that with the first press conference of new coach hiring season, it's not suit and tie season. They've ditched the suit and tie for Gerard Mayo. It's about time. I'm a I'm a big opponent of these coaches showing up for their introductory press conference wearing something they never, ever wear except to a wedding or a funeral. Anyway, I had to get that off my chest.
0: Well, I'm glad that you brought it up because I did want to talk about uh, Gerard Mayo as, as his introductory press conference is going on as we speak. How did they do this what what was it about him I've heard people refer to him as like Belichick's son like other former players have said that about Gerard Mayo why was this done and how did they put the succession plan in place for it to satisfy all of the rules of
3: hiring Devin McCourty who played with Gerard Mayo and played for Gerard Mayo in New England explained recently that when mayo retired he got into corporate america for a while before he came back to coaching and he always had a plan he wants to be a head coach and he had learned enough during his time elsewhere to maybe have the skills to become that ceo of a football team and the way that it worked and this when you look back to last year there was an announcement made by the patriots that was kind of vague about mayo's contract there was a new contract that was negotiated but there is an exception to the rooney rule that allows a team to short-circuit the formal search process by having a succession plan in place, contract, commitment, in writing, filed with the league in advance. And when this first came up last week, there was a suggestion that maybe the Patriots would go in a different direction. And in theory, they could, but there would have been a significant buyout obligation because you basically promised the head coaching job contractually and in advance to one specific person and it would have come down to the contract but there would have been a major check written to gerard mayo if they had decided to open this up and have a full search so they already had it in place the colts did it with jim caldwell in 2009 the seahawks did it with jim mora in 2009 and the ravens did it with gm eric tacosta in 2018 where it's all set up ahead of time and it's just a matter of pressing the button once the coach is out In comes the new coach or the new GM with the pre-negotiated contract. For whatever reason, the NFL allows that as an exception to the Rooney Rule, and that's what happened in New England.
1: How serious is the Jim Harbaugh NFL interview
3: tour? I think it's very serious. I think when you look at the fact that two years ago, when he left his office the day before letter of intent signing day and went to Minnesota and... As I've heard it, he believed he was going to be offered the job to be the Vikings head coach. Obviously, he wasn't. Last year, there was interest from the Broncos. This has been percolating. And look at the NCAA with multiple investigations. Jim Harbaugh has done everything he can at the college level, winning a championship. And he said in the past he has unfinished business in the NFL. And he's created the very clear impression he regards winning a Super Bowl as a bigger deal than winning a national championship. So I think this is real. I think he's going to be gone. And there was a report yesterday. I don't want to get too far into the details because it'll put people to sleep. But some of the demands he's making as he negotiates with Michigan are impractical and unrealistic and I think could just be a way for him to leave with a clear conscience and say, hey, they wouldn't give me what I wanted. So I had no choice but to move on.
4: I think it's also what happens when you're playing with the amount of house money that he is. He climbed that mountaintop. He got exactly what he wanted took down Nick Saban, for goodness sake, and is a man playing with uh, as much house money as you could possibly have. This this is a decision that he can make for whatever reason he needs to because what other goal does he need to achieve right now?
3: And he's got a great track record of winning in the NFL. The 49ers were 6-10 the year before he became the head coach. Year one, they were on the brink of the Super Bowl. They took the Giants to overtime. Year two, they went to the Super Bowl. and. Almost won it. Year three, back to the NFC Championship. But the 49ers failed to navigate and manage Jim Harbaugh the way they needed to. And that's a message to all teams out there. Most recently, the Titans have given us more proof of this. When you have a great coach, you have to find a way to make it work. You have to find a way to coexist with a difficult personality. Newsflash, NFL coaches have difficult difficult personalities. They coach everyone. They tell people what to do. They demand more from others than others may want to give. They want to win. And it rubs some people the wrong way in an organization. They don't like to be told what to do. And so when you have a great coach, you make it worth it. I firmly believe if they hadn't run him out of San Francisco, they would have won a Super Bowl by now. And yes, they're in good hands with Kyle Shanahan. They haven't won a Super Bowl yet. They would have had one by now.
0: Mike, what do you believe to be true about what's happening in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin?
3: Well, I believe what I reported over the weekend, that after the season, the plan was to talk to his family about his future. Now, it must have been a quick conversation. I'm staying, he told the players yesterday as coach for 2024. Here's the key. He's never before entered the final year of his contract. Every other time his contract was creeping toward expiration, the Steelers gave him a new deal with at least two years left. Now, he can see the finish line. Now, if he chooses, he can say, I'm not really interested in signing another contract. I'll just become a free agent. Rarely do we see an NFL head coach say, and I really think it's unprecedented, the head coach says, I'm just going to honor my contract and then I'll go wherever I go after that. Now, he loves coaching the Steelers, great young team, but they've never allowed him to have this opportunity to ponder becoming a free agent. And it's on them. You know, I hear all the time from people connected to the Steelers and intermediaries. Oh, they love him. Oh, they're never going to let him go. Oh, they're never going to fire him. Well, that's fine. Why didn't you sign him to a new contract before he got to the point where he's one year away? And I also think when you look at all these vacancies that are out there and everybody knows about the noise surrounding Mike Tomlin, No one is prevented from picking up the phone and calling Art Rooney II and saying, how about two ones and two twos to get Mike Tomlin? And that would prompt, presumably, Art Rooney to go to Mike Tomlin and say, hey, look, are you going to sign an extension or not? Because if you're not, and I'm not going to get anything if you walk away next year, I got a nice offer on the table. So if someone does initiate a real dialogue with the Steelers about essentially trading for Mike Tomlin, that could force this issue to a head, regardless of what he's told his players. All we know is he's not walking away between now and 2024. We don't know what happens after 2024, and we won't know until he either signs an extension or they trade him. And the one thing we know is when he has his end-of-season press conference, if you ask him about his contract, he's just going to turn and walk away.
4: Mike Scuttlebutt in Dallas is that Jerry Jones won't want to buy out Mike McCarthy's contract. How much do you believe that?
3: Will or won't
4: won't like he doesn't want to
3: well I mean and 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 I wonder this from time to time and I don't know what the right answer here is Jerry Jones acts like his number one goal in life is to win another Super Bowl that he's obsessed with it that he's driven by it that he's tormented by it and sometimes I wonder is he just playing the role of carnival barker you know if the ultimate fan for a given team, the owner of the team, is all in all the time. The fans are all in all the time. And the converse, I think, could be true. If the fans don't sense that the owner is all in, maybe they don't spend their money on tickets and spend a bunch of other money when they go to the game on a bunch of overpriced crap that they could get at the grocery store for a hell of a lot less than it costs at the game. And everything that goes along with being a fan, the emotional baggage and spending time watching games on TV when you don't go to the games in person and everything else that goes along with it and I just can't help but wonder is he laughing all the way to the bank when he acts upset that they don't win a Super Bowl because even if you don't win the Super Bowl you still win even if you go winless you still win they're all making more and more and more money and seeing the values of their franchises skyrocket so I don't know is it is it a grift if he keeps Mike McCarthy, and doesn't want to pay him for one year of his salary to go away and go hire an upgrade after what we saw on Sunday, I'm going to be tempted to think it is a grift, that he really isn't as tormented as he pretends to be. Because how can you not witness what happened on Sunday and come to the conclusion that if there's a potential upgrade out there, I'm going to go try to hire him?
0: Mike, do you think that that franchises want to turn – their franchise over to this version of Bill Belichick?
3: Well, here's the question. How chagrined is he? How humbled is he? How willing is he to take less power than he had in New England? He made the comment nine days ago before we knew what was going to happen with the Patriots. And on the surface, it's a message to Robert Kraft at the time that maybe Belichick would take less power to stay. It's also a message to other owners out there. Coming through the door, he'll accept guardrails. And he has praised repeatedly Stephen and Jerry Jones for what they've done by way of putting a great team together. And they have. They've put together great talent. And Belichick's superpower is to walk into the room, take those players, whoever they are, whip them up into the best version of themselves by coming up with game plans based upon their unique skills and abilities and based upon what they anticipate the opposing team is going to do, a game plan for the offense, for the defense, unique to that opponent, and do it again the next week and do it again the next week and win games when they are the lesser team on the field. You give him a better team than what he's put together in New England and it would work. Now, here's the question. Would Arthur Blank, the owner of the Falcons, in order to keep him from going to one of these other teams where he'd have less power, just say to Belichick, I'll give you all the power. I'll give you all the money. I'll fire Rich McKay. I'll clear out anyone that would get in the way of what you're trying to do, and you're in charge. Would Arthur Blank, in an act of desperation, give Belichick the same power he had in New England at a time when we have all come to the conclusion that it was too much? They didn't have any checks and balances. Robert Kraft said that himself. We need to have Dr. No's around us. Who protect us from ourselves? Belichick didn't have that in New England. Would Arthur Blank be willing to give that to him if it keeps him away from a place where he would have less power, but he'd have a better team than what he's had since he won his last Super Bowl?
1: Does the success and the play of Baker Mayfield teach any lessons, or is it just something to enjoy?
3: No, I think it does teach lessons. I don't know why Mayfield was so overlooked in free agency last year his rookie year he was very good 2019 the coaching staff was not good and he regressed 2020 he was great he got them to the brink of a win over the chiefs in kansas city in the division round of the playoffs and it was the next year that he suffered an injury week two against the texans when he went to make a tackle after a turnover and quarterbacks should never go try to make a tackle after a turnover just get down get out of the play live to see another day don't put yourself at risk it wiped out his 2021 season. He had that chronic left shoulder injury for the rest of the year. And then 2022 was a mess. They decided they wanted to pursue Deshaun Watson. They held on to his rights. They traded him late to the Panthers. The Panthers were a mess. And we just kind of rode off. We, I mean, collectively, the league wrote off Baker Mayfield. He walks into Tampa for $4 million. $4 million. what a bargain he's turned out to be. It's not going to be a bargain next year. But I just think it was a mistake by the people out there who overlooked what he did in 2018 and 2020 and got too caught up in the more recent Baker Mayfield experience.
4: It's also a credit to Todd Bowles and what he's done with that Tampa team, which is a very different team than the one that he started with.
3: No, absolutely. And look, there were real questions in Tampa as to whether or not if they lost and didn't look good on Monday night, would Todd Bowles be replaced? The Glazer family gets infatuated with big names and there's a lot of big names out there and they really didn't hire bowls in the traditional way. It was Bruce Arians retiring very late in the cycle. And what else were they going to do at that point when coaching staffs were locked in and you're already on the brink of the offseason program? So when I saw that game Monday night and there were questions swirling about the coach of both teams, I saw one team that really wanted to keep its coach around. And I saw another team that didn't seem to care. Wow.
0: Mm.
3: How is Jim Ursay doing? Yeah. Well, you know, that was a, a a concerning report that came out overnight that there was a situation where he was found unresponsive and possible overdose and his skin was actually blue. The Colts have been very quiet about what they've said. They provided an update since the overnight reporting about the incident from December 8th, only to say he's improving, but they have no specifics. So it's it's... Cloaked in mystery, but it sounds like it was pretty serious back on December eight. Here we are on January seventeen. No one has seen him in weeks, and all we're left with by way of his current status is whatever the Colts choose to tell us.
1: So I wonder for what we're waiting here. Like, do we even know if he's conscious?
3: They yeah. said he's improving, and that he's suffering from a severe respiratory condition, or at least he was. And he's getting great care, and he's improving. And that's it and of course people are going to be very sensitive about it nobody wants to speculate about it you're left with whatever official information the team and the family chooses to give but right now we don't have much and based upon the reporting from the 911 call and the response to the incident it sure looks like it was pretty serious and you'll wonder if it was so serious that you know recovery is a relative word how much better is he going to get? What's the maximum? And and I don't want to stray into speculation, but in the absence of hard information, we we make assessments based on what we have. And you know, it, it just it doesn't sound great. And we just wait for more information that'll shed light on how he's doing.
4: Yeah, unfortunately, you just wonder how long somebody might have been without oxygen. Right, and that's that's yeah. always the biggest concern. Yeah, I uh, exactly. it's hard to segue out of that. Unfortunately, I think I'll you know my thoughts are certainly with him. He's appreciated in in many spaces. But I also want to ask in this coaching carousel, do you ever think there's a chance that Brian Flores could be a head coach again?
3: Well, it's very difficult with a pending lawsuit against the NFL accusing the league of systemic racism for decades and pursuing justice in court, having some of the claims already carved out and determined to be valid to proceed in court. There's still Two years later, almost to the day, February 1 was when the lawsuit was filed. We still haven't gotten clear resolution on which claims are going to go to arbitration and which claims are going to be litigated in court. But as long as that lawsuit is out there, even though it's wrong and most people think, well, I can understand why no one would want to hire him in the NFL. He's suing the NFL. Folks, folks, you're not allowed to retaliate against people who exercise valid legal rights. When I practice law, the stronger case than the original claim of discrimination or retaliation or some improper motive was the claim that there was retaliation against the employee That's easier to prove because most people can look at that and say, I understand why they don't want this person around. I understand why they would deny that person a promotion or engineer a situation where they can fire the person because they're mad at them for exercising their legal rights. It is legally wrong to do that. It affects Brian Flores and I'm watching New Orleans very careful. There's reports linking them to John Gruden to come in and be the next offensive coordinator. They fired Pete Carmichael, who'd been the coordinator for 15 years. The the Saints would be giving a gigantic middle finger to the league office if they hire John Gruden because he's got a pending lawsuit as well. The NFL doesn't like to do business with people who have sued it, even though it is legally wrong for them to hold a grudge against someone who's done it. So, look, there's so many choices out there for these head coaching jobs. And we haven't heard Brian Flores' name come up once in this cycle. Not a surprise because there's plenty of candidates and they'll just focus on the other candidates and shy away from the candidates who have sued the NFL.
1: Mike, real quick, I meant to ask you this. We're celebrating Josh Allen's 52-yard touchdown run. There's a moment in there where it looks like he's about to slide and doesn't and changes his mind. And I've been thinking a lot about that Considering everything we're demanding of defensive players, other than Justin Fields, of course, with every other quarterback, with the, the deference that has to be shown, with the near impossible physics demanded of having to change your, the vector of your body in mid-air based on a slide, shouldn't a fake slide be
3: outlawed? Well, it's an excellent point. And he was right at the brink of a fake slide, right? It just looked like a very awkward, but yet skillful juke where I thought he broke his own ankles, the way that he stopped and the way his feet planted, I'm surprised he didn't sprain an ankle there, but it froze the defender who was approaching him straight on just enough to get that guy off his mark. And he may have thought this guy's going to slide. And look, we've seen plenty of videos of Josh Allen when he gets hit he's perfected the flop down to the ground and throw his arms up in the air and throw his helmet back. So guys are aware of the rules that protect them. And whether it's trying to get another free 15 yards or a little okey-doke. There was a game several years ago where Matt Ryan along the sidelines acting like he's stepping out of bounds and the defenders start to pull up. He's said, well, oh, I'll take another 10 yards if you're going to do that. So yeah, it, it it wasn't as bad. Remember the Kenny Pickett when he was at Pitt? Yes, 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 yes. That's slide. the that's it wasn't the ultimate thing. But it was right on the edge of it, and it really was brilliant because I didn't even think about it at the time. I didn't think about it until I saw other people mentioning it yesterday on social media. It's like you know, he froze that guy, and one of the reasons that guy froze might have been he's getting ready to slide, and I better not commit because they're going to give him fifteen more yards if I do.
1: I just think it's worth it's worth looking at. Maybe the rules committee should at least discuss the possibility of like an NBA kind of flop rule thing in there.
3: Well, and there's plenty of flopping that goes on. And for now, they're far more interested in protecting the quarterbacks against any and all contact because yeah, and it's funny, I don't know that their premise is accurate anymore. They say we have to do all we can to keep the quarterbacks healthy because if they're not healthy, we're not going to have the most watched shows on TV. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Well, we'll tune in to watch Mason Rudolph. We'll tune in to watch Josh Dobbs, you know, uh CJ Beathard yeah Uh, Joe Flacco right off the couch we don't care we'll watch it no matter what it is it's football and it's on tv
0: Mike thank you so much man we appreciate it
3: thanks have a great week
4: thanks Mike
0: Mike Florio Adam Hogue is next
1: get Bears specific on the score
0: T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours
1: Adam Hogg says. Adam Hog, Bears beat writer for CHGO Sports.
5: What's up, everyone? My name's Adam Hogg. This is the CHGO Bears podcast. We just need to kick Adam Hodge off the show and let him come back on Tuesday. Host of the Hogan John's podcast. Mark Trustman's face just popped up on my computer, by the way. Adam Hog.
3: Adam Hogie or Hogg, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name.
1: With Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi on 670 The Score. Adam Hogg is on Twitter at Adam Hogg host of the Hogan Johns podcast and CHGO Bears is with us for his regular hit on the Circus Sports Illinois hotline and twitch.tv slash Chicago 670 The score. All right. We got names connected with the Bears open offensive coordinator position. Nothing on the defensive side quite yet, but uh, what do you make of this initial uninspiring cloud? He asked loadedly. <laughs>
5: You're not impressed with the OC I candidates? am not. Okay. Um. I think my biggest takeaway from the OC candidates that we that we know about is there's there's definitely a type that the Bears are looking for, and that type isn't terribly different from what they already had, except for the fact that we're seeing a lot of evidence, and I completely agree with this, and, and I hope it's the case that they are prioritizing. Coaches with previous play-calling experience, and um, not going down that road of making that mistake where you know, okay, this quarterback's coach coach, this guy and this system, and I think that's a tough system to game plan against from a defensive perspective. So let's just assume that he can go in and become an offensive coordinator, know how to call the plays, um, and. Obviously, we saw with Luke Getze, he was pretty good at game planning and coming up with the right plans. But once he got into the game, the problem was adjustments and knowing how to stack calls on calls throughout a game to get to the finish line just didn't happen consistently enough. So I think you're seeing Matt Eberflus acknowledge that mistake and look at a bunch of guys here from Shaw McVay tree, Kyle Shanahan tree, but also with considerable amount of play calling experience And I think that's probably where this is going to end up going. Either Shane Waldron, who makes a lot of sense. Um, Clint Kubiak has less play calling experience, but at least he has some. And uh, a a one-year paid internship with Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, we've seen from uh, a bunch of other examples around the league, can go a long way and lead to a lot of success.
0: Hogar, we've been having like a big discussion about seeing Jim Harbaugh fly across the country and interview for NFL jobs. Do you think that there's any regret? at Hallis Hall that they didn't move on from Eberflus to even give themselves a chance to, to talk with Jim Harbaugh.
5: Well, first of all, we don't know that they didn't have back channel conversations. Um, the, the complication of, and the big difference between what you're seeing with Jim Harbaugh very publicly now being announced by teams um, who interviewed him is the bears had a head coach. So whatever they did, um, had to be secret um because you can't just say hey we're we're gonna go interview other candidates but not fire a head coach if it doesn't work out we're gonna keep our head coach you know all that stuff had to happen secretly if it did now I don't know that they did do that um but I hope that there was at least some type of discussions that happened behind the scenes and I still look at that 48 hours of silence before they announced everything and have to imagine that some tough discussions took place um, and they at least evaluated those options. So because once you go down the road of we actually want to sit down with Jim Harbaugh, you can't keep Matt Eberflus that you, you, you know, have to open up the job and, and, and then you have, you better be certain that you're either going to get him or get somebody that's better than Matt Eberflus. And sure. There's a lot of good names out there, but I'll tell you what, uh, whatever the number of openings is right now, they're not all going to end up with a good head coach. Half of them will end up firing these guys in a year or two, like always happens in the league. They're not all going to get Jim Harbaugh, and there's, the, I'm not defending their decision, but I'm just saying we could have been down that road again where they end up with Matt Irifloos or, or Matt Nagy or, or somebody else because that's usually how it turns out with the Bears.
4: What's your gauge, Adam, of how serious the chances for Jim Harbaugh to land in the NFL? Well,
5: I do think that there's a lot of – um differences this time around um the most notable which is he got his national championship at Michigan also incredibly relevant is there's pending um allegations that have to be sorted out and the NFL might not necessarily be a safe harbor but um it still might be the right time to get out Pete Carroll says it is (laughs) yeah yes (laughs) (laughs) Pete exactly 14 years And we've known all along, even before he got his national championship and these latest allegations that he wants to be in the NFL. He's made that very clear. So I think that the fact that all these stars are sort of aligned this time to me, it's never. And I remember writing this the last time the bears had a head coach opening and he was interviewing in Minnesota and looked like might get the Vikings job. To me, it was never about, Harbaugh leaving Michigan as much as is there an NFL team that wants Harbaugh badly enough to hire him. So looking at it from that side, it does also feel like there's more willingness. And part of that I think is Harbaugh after the Minnesota thing, two years ago has come around on the idea that maybe I won't have, you know, all the power in the world. It might take me relinquishing some of that to be able to get one of these gigs. And so if there is that team, that's willing to do that and find the right fit here to make Harbaugh work. Um, The chargers, I think make a lot of sense because they don't have a GM right now, so they can still sort of let Harbaugh figure out that guy and pair them together. Then I do think that this is pretty likely to happen.
0: Have you finished your quest of watching every Caleb Williams snap?
5: No, there's a lot of them, Um, but I'm pretty far along. I mean, I'm, I've, I've knocked out close to, uh, Ten games, I think it is. I have them all on my listed on my whiteboard just to make sure I don't uh, miss any. But um, we're getting there. And the interesting thing about this process, of course, and I remember talking to you guys about this a couple months ago, is I started with the Notre Dame game. I started with the Utah game. Everyone got mad at me. All the Caleb Williams. Williams fans got mad at me because, oh, you watch the two hardest, you know, his two worst games and they're judging everything off that. No, it was just a starting point. And I think what's even sort of getting lost in some of the criticisms I had at that time was there was still a lot of good in those games too. So what I'm kind of experiencing watching more and more of this tape is just the realization here that the floor is extremely high. It just is. I, I mean, it, it's, it's really special. Uh, the things he can do, both in structure and out of structure, um, how quickly he gets rid of the ball. It's the, the the timing aspect. No, it's not perfect, but it's there. there's a lot of things he does better than Justin Fields. Um, that's already obvious on, on his college tape. So even with some rookie struggles that are 100% going to happen because they happen to all rookie quarterbacks, there's a floor there that I just think is gonna be undeniable when it comes down to it. Um, between the Bears picking, I know this is like picking between Caleb Williams and Justin Fields. To me, it's really picking between Caleb Williams and whatever the draft, the compensation you can get in a trade for trading the number one pick. I just think it's gonna to be too hard to pass up on when you realize everything he Caleb Williams can do. Um, like when you set that floor and understand how high it is for a number one draft pick, there's a pretty good chance that it's going to work, in my opinion. And you're usually not in a position to say that with no matter who you're drafting uh, at the quarterback position. But this is one of those rare situations for me.
1: Adam Hogue, we always appreciate you taking the time. Appreciate the info. All
5: right, guys. Have a good day.
4: Thanks, Adam.
1: Adam Hogue of CHGO. High Noon is coming up next. I have to crowdsource something. That I have been trying to search with every keystroke I can, and I cannot get an answer. And I guarantee you, I'm trying to find out who someone is, and I'm certain somebody that you listening right now, you may know this person personally. You may have worked with this person. You may have taken a class with this person. I need to know who this person is because I really like his work. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have a familiar voice
0: speaking an unfamiliar language.
4: What's better than angry fans after their teams lost?
5: Bernstein and Holmes, your midday destination for Chicago
1: Sports Talk. On Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com.
0: in Odyssey station. I'll be back this way on Monday. We'll settle this then. Right there, out in the street, in front of the Palace alone. Yeah, right.
3: When? High noon
1: High noon on Wednesday. You know what that means. That means here and after you're on the back half of your work week. <laughs> At least we are. So that, well, if you don't, ha- if you have a normal work week, we're not talking to you, Layla, because you work seven oh, no, days I, a week. I got and- two
4: days off this week. What? Yeah, things are going to be crazy. Oh,
1: my God. Forget it. Two days off. I got and-
4: plans. I got multiple plans.
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> get out People the way. People have asked me what
4: I'm doing, and I'm like, if you didn't ask me two weeks ago, I have no time what for you are this you week. Yeah. Drogic, get out the way. I want to go. Higher. Dude, I, I can't even talk about Saturday. Marshall and I just won't even discuss it.
1: So we talked to Mike Florio. We talked to Adam Hogue. We heard from a member of the Indianapolis Colts saying he hates playing against Justin Fields but loves playing against the Bears' offensive scheme under Luke Getze, So that was a thing.
4: <laughs> Got real excited in yeah. the soundbite
0: there. And, and, sure uh, did. Shout out to Twitch. <laughs> it's, uh, I love running across old clips in old commercials.
2: Enjoy. JTM's de taco es muy deliciosa. sentir como You see, JTM slowly kettle cooks with the finest meats and just the right seasonings. Then they quick freeze it so you can just eat meat. Great for parties or when the gang's over to watch the football game. Buenos tacos, amigos. It's the quickest, great taste to live your holiday party
0: i got it it's chris collinsworth, collinsworth. i Speaking it was spanish jack. no it's not i don't know if anyone's having jack do commercials yet no i don't think jack soon though bored at
1: that point but that's pretty good spanish it's not bad
0: yeah it's not bad that's all i got what was
1: the name of the taco place
0: i don't know it doesn't exist anymore do you have it the was video? buenos tacos buenos tacos
1: okay so creative Tacos sound good today. (laughs) Good Good
4: tacos? That's a great name for a place.
1: Well, if if Pepe's tacos are very good tacos, we know they're better than good tacos. Hey, man,
3: I respect the Pepe's bit. I respect it.
1: They're very good tacos. I ever
4: tell you guys about a place called the Decent Food Stop?
1: No.
0: (laughs) Did they have decent food?
4: They did. It was suitable. Sweet. Sweet. Oh, I'll keep this audio move going. Rebecca Lopez is what I consider one of the reporting goats in Dallas. She works for WFAA. They're the ABC affiliate. If you recall, their sports director, Dale Hanson, gave SMU the death penalty. Rebecca Lopez is one of their best reporters, and she got put on Cowboys post-game duty.
2: Check it out. Many fans say they're disgusted and want change. I came with we lost y'all ain't nobody else, man. (laughs) Disgusted. I am upset. You feel me? I am from Virginia. I flew all the way in today to watch this, I'm sick. Frustrated. We got another Romo on our hands. Choke like i Disappointed. We need another quarterback, <laughs> another coach, <laughs> everything, it don't matter to me, it don't matter. That's how Cowboys fans felt after watching the team implode once again in the playoffs. We need help, we need Jesus. Yes. Many blaming the coaches.
1: Mike McCarthy losing at home against the Packers.
2: Says a lot.
1: I think legacy gone, man. Like, you won a Super Bowl with the Packers and then you go take over a new team and you lose at home against that team.
2: Without Aaron Rodgers, you know,
0: it's
1: that's... embarrassing.
2: Others, the quarterback. No more Dak Prescott. ASAP, new quarterback. Dak. Get him out of here. Trey Lance, the next stud. Let's go. Let's go, Ranger. And many fans demanding change. 12-5, 12-5, 12-5. Who cares when we lose like this to the freaking Packers who shouldn't even be here? It's disgusting. Let's get a real head coach. And if he can't do it for us, let's get a new quarterback. I'm tired. Fans came from all over and dealt with the cold weather just to watch this mess. We drove far for no reason. Anymore. Fans say they were fed up and We're from Florida. We're freezing <laughs>
0: I'm still here since 10. Just a freeze to lose. Not working.
2: There was enough blame to go around as the Cowboys suffered one of the most embarrassing losses in the team's playoff history. And now fans are left disappointed once again. At AT AT&T Stadium, I'm Rebecca Lopez. Back to you. (laughs) I told you Cowboys fans hate Romo. Nobody believes me.
4: It is absolutely the truth. Also, did you notice how none of them actually lived in Dallas? None of them. I also joke that there are more Cowboys fans outside of Dallas-Fort Worth than there are in it. But they're certainly not Texans fans. Let's just get that straight.
0: America's team. Texas' team.
4: It's America to you. Texans need some main character energy. Just go out there and just go kick everybody's butts. Just do it. Don't care about the Cowboys for once. For once, Houston. For once. Yeah, so I, I, uh, I thought that that was pretty great.
1: I need your help. I've tried, and I've gone to all the websites that would have this information, and I'm shocked that it's this difficult to find. What is the name of the wonderful actor in the progressive Dr. Rick commercials with the dark hair and the wire-rimmed glasses and the dark beard? I think he introduces himself to LL Cool J as Keith He's the guy who doesn't understand how to get his salad. When He's like, no, I'm, I'm just paying for my own salad. He's, he's also the guy in the grocery store who thanks the manager or compliments the deli slicer to the manager. That guy's hilarious. And I've seen him in other commercials as well. But he's just gold in these progressive ads. Anytime you do a search on progressive actor, there are a couple names that come up. Every, I know Bill Glass is Dr. Rick. I know that. Chicago's own. Bill Glass, I, th- I that I get, but somebody has to know who that actor is. What's his name? He's really, really good. He's really, really funny. And I, I don't know why it, it shouldn't be this hard. And even the like industry sites that usually list every last actor in every commercial, and I've been because I'm I'm curious. I'm trying to find this. Is it's scouting? It's no different than watching a college football game. Like I think that dude is legitimately. funny. Funny.
4: Is that Chris Wataski with just no. a beard?
1: No, Chris Wita- Chris. He's Wita- in the
4: progressive yeah, commercials. Yeah, but that, no,
1: that's not Chris Wataski though. I
4: don't think so. Yeah, but I just like at long distance glance, I'm yeah. like, did they just do a bunch of makeup on him and change? No,
1: him no, down? no. No, Chris is Chris is
4: Chris is in the pre- progressive in commercials. Th- yeah,
1: he's in some of them, but I don't think that's not Chris.
4: No, because I. So I sat next to people who knew that guy at Lux Bar recently. You did. I didn't ask who it was cuz I was like your friends in a commercial that's amazing.
1: Yeah, but but he's he's very very nuanced and like in character.
4: Chris Wataski knows who it is.
1: I of do course, know that. I'm sure he does. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I and anytime you look up some of these guys you you're, you're going to find out that they're all groundlings or like you know like the like Flo from Progressive and Jan from Toyota and they all have these fantastic Pedigrees. Shout and, out to Jan. And great jobs, by the way. Dude,
4: Jan's on the Secure the Bag All-Stars. How long has she been at that game?
0: Well, and and she was the one. I she was in the office, right? Like was she was the secretary at Sabre.
4: I don't know. I'm so bad at this. You know that, Lawrence. If you I wear a hat, that I don't case. know you anymore.
0: I believe that is the case. I believe that she is she is one of the secretaries at Sabre. So is that it, Dan? Or help me no. out? That's, that's all I'm saying. Just
4: the Twitch stream is is saying a lot of names. Okay, they this all guy sound says, kind the, of says his
1: name is Mike Nelson, and I went to high school with him in Chesterton, Indiana. All
0: right. Mike why don't Nelson. you look up actor Mike Nelson?
1: Yeah, because there's going to be you know how many actors are gonna be named Mike Nelson?
4: I, a lot of people are, are saying Mike, Mike Nelson. Well, this thing happens,
1: Dan. When you Google something, you get pictures, and you can
0: see if that's who it is.
1: Okay.
4: Why don't they use that AI for this kind of stuff? This and, seems like and, a good use of it.
0: And pretty much like yeah, it's right there. Is. there. I Mike think, yes, Nelson. Yes, I think that is he.
4: Hey, AI, who's that guy from the progressive commercial that could be this other guy? Can I, you help send?
0: I've, I've enjoyed this episode of Teaching Dan the Internet.
4: But no, but I think it's Mike Nelson. I think it is
1: too. I think it's yeah.
0: And if you looked up Mike Nelson, his face popped up. I think like it's, when we were suggesting that well, you worked. should look up his
3: name. Yeah, but I didn't have
0: his name before. Hold but on, then you when you we asked got the something? name, and, I, and we said look up Mike Nelson. You're like, did. well, there's going to be so many Mike Nelsons. Here. Here. How do we know? He, because there's pictures that are connected to it. Also, was, and you there, can do other things, like, like, like I said, teaching Dan yeah. how to use the internet. He was, Actor, wait, he was
4: aggressive
0: and a contestant on Jeopardy.
4: Man, her, they had that celebrity jeopardy out last night. That was some easy stuff.
1: Yep. That is he. It is it is uh, Thank you. There. I it worked. My crowdsourcing worked. Perfect. Mike Nelson. I'm, a, I'm a huge fan. I think he's hilarious.
4: <laughs> oh, wow. Somebody said the progressive progressive actor's name is
1: Rick Camp. <laughs> was, no. Why did that kill no, me? It's not. Why? Because that would be funny. I'm trying to not become my father. Next up, baseball and a cautionary tale of some free agent contracts and a very smart baseball person putting together some history. It involves some Cubs history about how to determine what a free agent is worth and when not to pay somebody. And I'll, I will tease this by telling you that he has named this principle this razor,